Ryan Holtz is a social media and creative marketing agency owner, husband, father, DJ, global citizen, keynote speaker, and is proud to bring you the Ryan Holtz Show podcast. Okay, uh, hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Ryan Holtz Show podcast. Today, oh my God, today we have the Goldlist Specials returning. However, if you've not written a five-star review for the show, please do so. Also subscribe on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Ryan Holtz. And as we've been doing for the last few months, screenshot your review, take at Ryan Holtz one on any social platform, and you may win a $50 Amazon gift card. Today we have one of the most amazing uh, guess uh, she she left the show. I don't know what happened to her, but she's gonna she's gonna she's gonna fill us in on what happened. Jordana Goldlist, the Goldlist special. If you're not aware who Jordana is, she's a criminal defense attorney in Toronto, one of the most esteemed in Canada, and uh, is all things tattoos. Who judges the judge and and living your full self on purpose, which we'll catch up and see if she's been doing exactly that. So, Jordana, welcome to the show, my friend. Hi, Ryan. It's so nice to be back. It has been a very, very long time. I can't even believe it. I've uh, been on your show since I interviewed you. That's episode 100. I yeah, know. We're, we're on, a, I think we've done, what are we going to be now? 131? We're at wow. 131, right? So 30 okay. episodes, 30 episodes ago. So where have you been? Where, where, what's what's going on with your, what's going on with the JG? We've actually had messages of people asking too. Like where's really? where's Jordana at? Oh yeah, because it's <laughs> our, our show since you've been on as at least five times the audience, at least five times. Oh, the I know. Audience. I mean, I may have you know <laughs> s- slipped away from the show, but I certainly have continued supporting and watching what you're doing, and and I love it. Like your trajectory has been phenomenal, and it's so interesting to see because we spoke about that on the last episode, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, I interviewed you for the the, the first 100 where are you going next? And that was really where we sort of ended off on the show. So it's been great for me to sit back and watch where you've gone. Um, you know that I've been I've been busy dealing with my, my mother being terminally ill. So, you know, I, I wish that I had like a phenomenal success story to tell you that has taken me to, you know, far off places, but I've spent most of my time uh, just focusing on work, growing my business back. Mm. Uh, COVID shut me down for three and a half months. Uh, So, you know, like a lot of people who felt the economic weight of the pandemic, um, I had to sort of spend a lot of time rebuilding, uh, not necessarily rebranding, but, you know, I had clients that are sitting in jail that were waiting for their trials, waiting for prelims, waiting to set dates. And, you know, there was this pause on the court system for about four months where we could not schedule anything. Anything that was scheduled was adjourned. And so then the rescheduling process was an absolute nightmare. Um, so I was I was catching up on that. And at the same time, I was looking after a parent who's now become terminally ill. Mm. So, which is part of, you know, something that you and I have talked about given your mom, you know, very early and untimely death. And I think that's how we came up with the theme of this show, which is leaving a legacy. Leaving a legacy, it is, and I see you got some new love artwork in the in the in the backdrop there. What's the yes. story behind behind the love? I, I thought I thought your biggest thing was that you're emotionally what did you call it vacant. So how did <laughs> how did love come into your emotionally vacant space? Explain that. Well, I, it's not emotionally vacant. It's those are words out of your mouth. I can get the court transcript. You yeah, said it, but that was like in in reference, especially to you know work. Right. Like I have 
an uncanny ability to separate and compartmentalize. And so, you know, when we talk about how I have the practice that I have, you know, focused on murder and drug dealing and, and firearms offenses, uh, it's because I don't feel my way through each case. Mm -hmm. uh, but but the love art, as you can see, is an original piece from a Toronto artist named Diego Snow. He's originally from Brazil, uh, mm. now based out of Toronto. We've known each other for about 10 years, um, mm. and I was with my mom on Sunday, and he posted that on Instagram, and I just happened to be scrolling through. And I showed her, uh, the last time we went uh, on a vacation together was for her 65th birthday, I took her to Paris. Mm. And so you can't really see it, but across, you know, the bottom of the love symbol, it says Paris. And above that, it says Chanel number no. five, which is mm. my most favorite. So oh. it was just sort of all the elements came together. I showed her, uh, she loved it. I, you know, messaged Diago and said, I want it. And mm. that's it. Picked it up and here it is. So that's great. I, I picked up a few pieces of art this year uh, that remind me of her, you know, knowing, mm. um, so we don't have much time together. So hmm. things that have uh, brought, you know, a joyful, happy feeling I've wanted to to purchase, a, you know, for her. So we might not be where we want to be, but thank God we're not where we used to be, right? Tim Story, you follow Tim Story. Tim Story's coming on. He, 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 he was on, uh, he's coming on today back on the show. And He's Oprah's life coach. And it's, you know, I, I really love that quote that he says, cause he, you know, it's, it's very true. You know, it's, it's might not be where we want to be, but thank God we're not where we used to be. Right. So how would you say, I mean, I'm trying to figure out, we're talking about legacy. We're talking about all kinds of things. You're, you're, you're a very different person than when I met. I feel like you're a different person. I feel like your emotional definitely has kicked up a, a few notches, which, hey, I tip my hat off to you. I think that's a good thing. I still go back to my my thing of, uh, I don't think somebody can truly get their potential until they're their full selves on purpose. And I think there's a level of emotion that, <clears throat> that kicks in there. Obviously with your work, I mean, if I was doing what you did, there's no way I could uh, be as emotional as I want it to be because I think I'd probably turn into like a basket case because some of the stuff that you're doing is, it, I mean, the word I would say is it's gnarly, you know, some of the stuff you're, you're seeing. And if you're, <laughs> you're to show up sure. with like a, a Kleenex box every day, like, I don't know your longevity in that profession before it starts like just really messing you up. For me, it would just be like, okay, right. You got to separate yourself. Cause yeah, they're paying you to, 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 to give a good defense and, uh, and not to be their, their moral compass, so to speak. So for you, um, your mom is sick. How, how is she doing, first of all, at this stage um, since I last talked to you? Oh, she's she's not good. She, mm. she had a spinal stroke last February that paralyzed her from the middle of her chest down. Um, mm. And she's suffered complications ever since. So, you know, four months in hospital, came out uh, of the hospital, in and out of hospital monthly. And then last November, uh, she was diagnosed with cancer. And, you know, if she has the surgery to remove the cancer, I mean, we're past that now, but had she had the surgery to remove the cancer, it would have guaranteed that she would never walk again. Mm. Um, and all of the complications she suffered from the stroke would just continue. So zero quality of life, or you mm. know, the other option was letting the cancer run its course. Um, chemo and radiation were not an option for her because of her compromised system. So it was sort of like everywhere we turned was was not working. So we're just in a state of keeping her as comfortable as we can. Mm. You know, increasing her morphine, making sure that she has the necessaries at home to just stay at home and, and be comfortable. 
So it's sad. You know, you talked about being more emotional. Yeah, absolutely. Like mm. I stay focused on work because I have to and I love it. And, you know, my mom would hate that I if I was to let everything that I've built fall apart. So, mm. you know, as, as a tribute and honor to the work that she put in getting me to this place, you know, when I was at my worst as a teenager, like used the street kid, um, my mom, you know, stood by and waited for me to want to change and then helped support me at every stage of that process. Mm. Mm. And, you know, even though she would, it, it's a fine line to walk. It's funny, I just spoke to a, a group of parents in a recovery group and they were asking me, you know, what do you do with a kid in recovery? What do you, you what do you do? And I said, it's a, a fine line between enabling and supporting, right? Mm. You don't want to give them a place to just keep getting high and using and acting um, completely disrespectful, but you also don't want to turn your back so that when they're ready to come into themselves, they know they have that support in every way. Mm. Um, you know, and, and my mom was that rock throughout mm. that entire process. So for me to have come from that to where I am today, uh, there's no way that I would let my practice and my current life like fall apart, yeah. you know, on account of what she's struggling with and what I'm struggling with to cope. So mm. it's it's been a delicate balance for sure. It's it's hard. Um, it's hard to maintain that. I think that's it. I, you know, it's it's. Uh, do you feel like? Um, uh... Do you feel like though going through this now that it's changed your perspective on anything? Oh my goodness, I mean, changes everything. It, it, it does. It changes it everything does. totally. It, it seems like, it might seem like a an easy question or an obvious answered question, but the the context that I'm asking is more so. You know, you're you're going balls to the wall, grinding, 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 hustle, 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 um, material, 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 and then at the end of the day. Uh, none of that can even remotely impact somebody being sick. You, you could have, uh, a, you could be a Jeff Bezos right now, and and, you just, and essentially you're fucked. And that is the, <coughs> excuse me, hardcore truth of life, right? So it's, you know, people that listen to the show all the time, right? <laughs> There's this, it's kind of like the hashtag hustle porn. You know, everybody's hustle, hustle, hustle. I always really uh, smirked and and kind of laughed at the hustle mentality because I'm like, well, you're only gonna hustle until you get that that first fucking hit in your face. And then you're going to slow down really quick and be like, whoa, what, what, what just happened here? So right. for you, I mean, that that's going through that. So what is the perspective that's changed? What, what is what does that mean when you say that for you? For you, you know, it's funny you said that, that even Jeff Bezos couldn't change my mom's situation because it's true. And my, my mom first had her stroke, leaving aside everything else, because that was like the turning point in her health. She went from being a very healthy, active, vibrant, you know, 68-year-old um to completely paralyzed and when it first happened and the, the doctors realized what it was, I said like, I own property, I'll sell it. I own investments, I'll sell it. Like, tell me what we can do to fix this. You know, if that was like, God forbid, you know, Bill Gates wife lying on that bed, what would you be able to provide as far as care in order to reverse this stroke? Mm. And they said, there's absolutely nothing you can do. And it's mm. true. That's when you realize, like, it doesn't matter how hard you hustle and how much you build. If you don't have health, you have nothing. Mm. And so that, you know, I mean, I've always tried to live relatively healthy, but I think for me, the biggest perspective change was that I always thought I'd have more time. 
You know, I've spent a lot of time like building up a life for myself. Um, and I wanted to be able to do things with my mom. And I always mm. took for granted that we would have time later. You know, mm. it was like, I'm gonna work really hard now and build, and then we'll take those vacations. And I would never have taken her um, to Paris when I did, because I wouldn't have taken that time off work. And, and a good friend of mine said to me, listen, like she's turning 65, forget your weekend in New York that you're planning. Why don't you do something really big? Just like you mm. owe it to yourself. You never take that time for yourself. And mm. I'm not sure what, what made me decide that it was a great idea, but I did. I took 10 days off, which I had never taken off, um, mm. you know, in the history of owning my own law firm. And so now I cherish that more than anything. Mm. Mm, I, I really yeah. do. I cherish that time. And so, you know, I can't wait to be able to live life in a way that recognizes how easy it is for one thing to change so quickly. And that one thing changes everything. Mm. I, it's high. Yeah, it's high. It's high stakes. You know, when that happened to my mom, I was 13 and I spent a, a good amount of years of thinking that if I was in a better economical situation, even though I was 13, but that was my life. Um, I could have changed and it's amazing because growing to where I've grown now, I realized there's nothing you could have changed. Even if you right. were to me, I always thought, well, if you got some money, maybe get some power, maybe it's you pull some strings. It's like, yeah, to <laughs> maybe in the court of law, like if you're, if you're, you know, convicted or accused of something, but when it comes to health, what strings are you going to pull? <laughs> like, yeah, you, there's not. you can't, you can't buy anything. Like, what are you buying for that? No. Right. You can buy a good defense, right? But you can't, you know, you can't, I don't know. Can you buy a good doctor? Or does it not, make it any not different? Not in Canada. <laughs> not in Canada. Yeah, There's yeah, countries yeah. where you can, yeah. for sure. But but if there, if if you could get a better prognosis on your mom, you would ship her to any country right now and say, hey, 100%. do magic. Right? So that's 100%. my point, though, is that the, the, the answer is no. Right. You could take her to the best person in the world. Right? Um, it's interesting, you know, I, 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 that, that's where for me, it becomes such a, what are we doing here then? So what are you doing? So, so now you got your perspective on life. Right. What are you doing? What are you doing? We're going to, we're going to go for a quick walk. I'm just grabbing my, uh, my cord because my um, computer's you, yelling at me that, uh, we don't have much battery life. Jordana, you're very unprepared for this today. I'm very, uh, very, uh, disappointed in your unpreparedness. Uh, my apologies. <laughs> you're going all the way through your home too. That's I mean, I, you're, I really you're, am. You're, you're, yeah, you're feeling emotional. That's good. I'm, I'm taking you on a quick tour of the uh, of the South Wing. <laughs> I, I've seen it. I've seen it all. Oh, those I are the clocks. My favorite clocks. There you go. We can stay there if you want. Yeah. No. 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 It's all good. So no, your perspective has changed. But you know, what will that look like now for you in the next? I don't know. Six to twelve months. You know, what is that? How does that change things for you? What is what is the ones? Of course, your mom is priority, but you know, business stuff and even you know down the road. Like, has it changed how you want to maneuver your business? How you want to maneuver your legacy? How you want to maneuver your closest loved ones? Like, how has has anything there changed or recreated? Or you just thought, wow, I was doing that wrong? Like anything? So. I don't know that I was doing it wrong. I think I was waiting. I think that I thought to myself, I've got lots of time to do things. You know, I look at my whiteboard and it's like, I got a 20 year plan. So now I think, what if I don't have 20 years? 
right? Yeah, what, what if, if you don't have 20 days? What if I don't have 20 years to do everything that I want to do? So, you know, I'm certainly, my thoughts are with tightening up my plan, um, not waiting so long for the right time. Um, you know, I think that we often think, oh, it's, you know, it's not the right time to take that risk. It's not the right time. Well, what if that doesn't work out? Maybe I'll just stay comfortable. But if it's something we really want to do, what if we don't have five or 10 or 15 years to do it? Right. And I think I've started rethinking that. As you know, you know, I've, I've got a book that I've written and have been editing for quite a few years now. And I, I change it every so often. At some point, I have to say, I'm Publish happy it. with this. And I want to exactly ship, get ship it, it. Get it ship out. It. You know, there's there's things and there's workshops that I've thought, oh, I should be doing that. And eventually I'm going to do this. And one day I'm going to do this. Now I'm making the time to do it. You know, I really work. think what you're saying is uh, you're actually First of all, a lot of what you said there was fear-based. You might not agree, but it's fear-based because when somebody says, hey, you know, I'm writing this book, I want it to be perfect. There's never a great time to do anything. Never. There's never a great time to make anything crazy in life. You know, oftentimes a lot of good things are born at the worst time, right? It's, right. it's amazing how the pain, how pain or, or suffering or, or disaster kind of, it really does spark diamonds sometimes, you know? You don't see it at the time, but it, it, can, it can send you into that trajectory. So for your book, you've been telling me that about that forever. And I'm like, well, no, publish it, you know, ship it, get it out there and then see what happens and maybe do a re-edit or a re-release. Like to me, I, when I hear somebody say those kinds of things, cause those are legacy. Those are legacy pinnacles. Those are totally. um, big things of your story. Um, but what happens is this is why for me, I'm focused so hard on relationships because for me, if a relationship comes at me and says, Hey Ryan, I think we should do something here. I think there's a good partnership. Or I think there's a good opportunity, you know, back in the day, I'm always like, well, you know, let me, let me make sure that, you know, everything on my end is kind of where I want it. Or let me make sure that, you know, this and that, or let me, and now I'm like, well, you know, let's see, let's see how that goes. And I'm like, holy crap. You know, like when you let that in, you never know what that becomes. Right. But what most people do is they hang on to their past. I just feel like people care so much about their past and their past doesn't really give a shit about them. People spend so much time dwelling in their past or giving so much respect to their past, but I'm like, well, your past is gone. It, it's incremental in who you are now, but man, look at where you get to go or look where right. you are right now, you know? And I'm here right now. So I'm like, well, I'm actually here right now. Like I can't even, I can't really project five years from now. I can't, that's the truth. If I was gonna be very honest, how do I project five years from now? There's so many things that will come to me in that time it's hard for me to even plan five years. That's why when I ask people the question, you know what I ask them now? What does things look like for you in the next six to 12 months? Cause I feel like that's a better question that they can answer. Whereas five years, I'm like, oh my God, where you could be anywhere in five years, right? So but there's for you, a lot of people that don't change year to year to year, five years, 10 years. Like I meet lawyers now that are doing the exact same thing they were doing like 10, 15, 20 years ago. And there's, I can't fathom it. You know, I think to how much has changed for me in the last five years, even. I, know, I'm a professional social yeah. distancer on those kind of people. I don't have I any of those kind of people in my life. They're, they're gone. <laughs> they're right. gone. If you don't, if you don't want to pour in my cup as much as I want to pour in yours, get the fuck out. Period. Period. No, no, no. But you still meet people. You still know people within your profession that are stuck. Oh, yeah. yeah That's what but I'm talking I'm like, about. I'm not saying like, you know, that they're within my circle, but... I meet other lawyers that are still doing the same thing, the same practice, 
in the same place, the same office. Like, it's just everything's the same. You could go back, uh, you know, rewind their life to five years ago, seven years ago, 10 years ago, and it's pretty much the same. I mm. can't fathom. Mm. No, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, the average, well, the average person doesn't change. <laughs> right. I mean, the average person doesn't change, right? But I mean, I I don't, I don't, my brain, like, I don't even think of average because I'm like, well, that's just not what I do. Like, that's not who I am. You know, and people that your running mates are, you know, your, your closest five friends are really dictate who you are at the end of the day, right? You are what you eat, you, you, you are what you eat, but you're the company you keep, you know, that's, that's the reality. So for me, I look at, it, I'm like, well, well, what does that look like? And I'm like, no, I want people that are just constantly like, yo man, kicking my ass. I don't want yes people. Yes. People get you nowhere. You know, I want people are like, yo, Ryan, you need to check yourself, man. What's wrong with you? Like, what? You're still here last year? You told me you're going to do this last year, Ryan. Like, what's going on? And I've had a few of that, you know. Obviously, I'm married to my my wife, which is my kick-ass accountability partner, where she's like, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, why are we like, whoa, let's, let's make a move. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like, why am I still sitting on that? For you... How, how do you how do you feel in terms of that? Because the whole conversation today and just to reset the the convo in the room, Clubhouse, you need to get on Clubhouse, by the way. Clubhouse is, Clubhouse is epic, but it, we're talking about leaving legacy and, you know, kids, not having kids. Um, and my biggest question, I think, today for Jordana is going to be this, is that you see women. Think about the title, too, because I'm like, I want this to be a banger when I put it out, but I'm like, just because you're a woman doesn't mean you desire to have kids or you want to have kids because a lot of people right now, especially with the conversation is, well, you know, women want a seat at the table, but I'm of the different opinion that, I mean, I was raised by a single mom. So to me, I'm like, women are the fucking table. Like women run this shit. This has just been some guys of all this crap going on. But as a guy, I've always been a proponent of women. Like for me, my running mates, all the majority of them my whole life have been women. Cause I'm like, if you get women, like even strength wise, like, you know who I would hate to have as an enemy? You can give me any guy. I'm cool. When a woman is your enemy, they brush their teeth thinking about how they're gonna destroy. Like it's so, <laughs> like it's so. <laughs> Oh my god, oh like and they do it with this grace and this smile and this beauty and that scares the shit out of me. Right? A guy's like, hey bro, what's up? I'm like, okay, well at least I know what I'm dealing with. Here's the situation. Might not go the way I want it, but it's right here. But when somebody gets you from the back, that to me is the one that goes. So for you, you choose chose not to have children. You and I have had so much conversation around this too in legacy. What was your decision? Why did you choose that for you? Why was why was that a choice? And the context around it is you've been a very successful um, woman, entrepreneur, you know, lawyer, and human. But you decided kids aren't for me. So for all the other women out there that are in the same position you are in saying, well, yeah, I don't desire to have kids. What is your reasoning for that? Uh, and there's also a lot of women out there, Jordana too, that I think that have kids that were very afraid to say, I don't think I really wanted to have kids. It was kind of the expectation. Maybe it was a cultural expectation. Maybe it was a parents or, or something like that. What would you say? What's your, what's your opinion? What's your, what's your deal on that? So it's actually a very simplistic answer. I never wanted kids. 
from the mm. time I was a young kid myself and, you know, in school, um, I'm going to date myself. I'm 41 years old. But when I was growing up in school, you know, there was all the storybooks were mom and dad and a couple of kids. And that was the traditional nuclear family that, you know, was sort of shoved down our throats. And, and everyone around me, that's sort of what they wanted, right? They wanted to grow up and be moms. And I never wanted that. I never had that intrinsic desire to have a child of my own. And nor did I ever, you know, when I see kids, I don't want to hold them. I don't mm. have this burning desire. Oh my God, you have a baby. Yeah, I, I feel that way about puppies, right? I'm a dog mm. person. So you mm. show me a puppy and you're done. I want it on my lap, I want to hold it, play with it, let it teeth, whatever. Like. I just never had that with children. And so, you know, I, I lived the crazy teenage years. And then in my twenties, it was all about, I need to put myself in a position where I can take care of myself in every possible way. And so I spent most of my twenties as a student. Um, I didn't, you know, graduate from law school until I was 27. And then it was a year of internship with the law society. So, you know, I started my career at 29. And I still, I had no desire for a child. It just wasn't something that I wanted internally. And, you know, for me, I didn't have, uh, like I didn't grow up in an abusive home, but I, I had an unhappy childhood, despite being very much loved and wanted, right? My mom wanted nothing else but to have a kid. All she wanted in life was to be a mom. And, you know, I was the product of a bad divorce and whatever, just like, I was not happy. And I thought, if I don't want a child, it's not something that I actually desire. It's not something that I want to set the time aside to do. I didn't want to take time away from my career and my life to be a parent. So if it's not coming internally as something that I want to do as much as I want to succeed in law and in life, how can I possibly give a child a happy home if I wasn't happy as a child, despite being wanted in love? So, so, you're, you know, so you're, is it stemming I really from your struggled childhood? with that. Is it, is, it, is it stemming from your childhood? Is that what you're saying? Because you didn't experience the, like, were you, you weren't the puppy dog on the lap that you so crave, like you love? Like how... You, I was. Running? No, I was. Me and my mom were super close when I was a kid. My dad left when I was two and me and my mom were inseparable. We were friends. Mm. We would hang out together. Me and my mom were really close. Uh, my maternal grandparents adored me. Like I had... You know, mm. I, I did not lack love in my life, but I was, mm. I had other adult problems that I had to deal with as a kid. I was mm. just not happy despite mm. being very much loved and cared for, right? There was not mm. a period of my childhood where I was without a roof over my head, food in the fridge, clothes on my back, like everything was looked after and I was cared for and I knew that, but mm. I was still unhappy. So I thought, mm. you know, if I could be unhappy despite being, you know, so much love, how could I possibly risk bringing a child into this world knowing I don't really want it? Yeah, yeah. Well, no, you know, no. am I having a kid because other people around me want me to have a kid? Am I having mm. a kid just to carry on the family name? I don't think that's proper. I don't mm. want a kid because I'm supposed to have a kid because why mm. would I want to create a, another life that I'm risking, you know, being miserable? because I don't mm. actually want it. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Right? No, like, you're as, you're as being very responsible. Sounds, right? Oh, no, no, but it's needed. It's needed. I don't want to create misery. That's yeah. the reality. And I didn't want it. For me, when I looked at what my goals were and how I wanted to live my life, you know, I love to travel. I love to be spontaneous. I love to, you know, if 
I've had situations where I'm prepping for a jury trial. The jury trial gets adjourned last minute and I'm hopping on a plane to like Las Vegas or, or the Cayman Islands. I want to be able to do that. And you can't do that when you're responsible for a small human. Mm. Right. So, and that's so, the reality. So so there, so base, so it is a level of selfishness for you though, because you're like, I, I want me, 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 me. Is that kind of what you mean though? Because you don't want to have to worry about anybody else. You you want to be all about you. You want to take your trips. You want to be flexible. You want to be able to move. You want to do all that because it, it is it is a form of selfishness, which is totally fine. But is that what you're saying? It's me, 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 me. Well, it's me, 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 because I don't want little me, little me, little me. Right? Mm. If I wanted it, I would easily be able to like not want to travel so much. I would easily be able to give up my freedom in the face of something that I really wanted. Would the world want a carbon copy of you as a human, you think? No. <laughs> what? That's so terrible. Why, what? Oh my God. That is so no. Nar- no. That is a jaded. No. Holy, what no, is going no, there's, on? There's Are you the devil? Of, there's there's oh, only no. one of me. No, I do a lot of oh, good. No. I don't. Don't whoa, be no, smart. No, no, easy, you're, easy. Being a, you're being a smart ass. You're trying to I, take my word. You know what I meant by that question. You asked the question. You got the answer. Carbon um, copy in the sense of like, not exactly you, of course. No, you know what? I'm going to let you finish it and I'm going to ask after. I'm going I'm to hear you out on this. So I would not want anyone to experience the things I've experienced in the first, call it 20 years of my life, right? Mm. I wouldn't want to do that to anyone else, especially, you know, from like 12 to 20, right? Mm. Like life for me was horrific. So I don't want to risk putting another human through that. uh, And I wouldn't want to create that for someone else. The way I live my life today. But hold that thought. Hold that thought. No, no, no. Hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. Okay, Let me finish. Okay. I know you're eager to jump in, but let me finish this okay. so that you understand it fully. The way that I live my life today, you know that I do a lot of workshops. I mentor university students. I mentor street kids. I do workshops at homeless shelters trying mm-hmm. to help teach young people how to use their adversity as a transferable skill, how to find strength from their own situations of difficulty. I try to teach those lessons to, you know, young people so that they can better themselves, which were the hard lessons I learned through the life that I live. Mm. So I'm most certainly living a life today that I'm trying to teach others how to live in a positive, successful fashion with the hopes that they will go and teach other people how Mm. to live in that fashion. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm also teaching workshops to university students and law school students trying to change the way we think and judge other people. So I'm definitely trying, you know, to leave that legacy of changing the way that people think from my own experience, but in hopes of creating, you know, a broader understanding of what that was about. So I'm not trying to be self-deprecating when I say I don't want a carbon copy of me. You know, I do want to leave behind all of the lessons and the things that I've learned for other people to learn from. But no, I would never want someone to have to experience the things that I did in order to gain those lessons. I want to give those lessons away without causing someone else to have to go through them. Yeah, I meant carbon copy at, at kind of where you're you're at now, right? Because it's, I mean, I, I don't really like you for the things that you've currently done. I don't really care about them. It's irrelevant to me because those are the kind of accolades and stuff like that. It's it's the it's the 
it's your truth that's the appealing part. That's the biggest asset you have, in my opinion, is truth. Everything else you have is questionable. It could go up in value, it could go down in value. It's irrelevant. Your truth, though, is that to me is the is truly the land that the home was built on. The home can change, but the land that that that's my opinion. Nobody can change that. That's for me. That's because- it. I mean, that, and I agree <laughs> with that. That's the lessons. You know, the shit that I have, the things that I buy, whatever. It's all. It's nothing. It's no. Things. I don't I mean don't it that way. It. I just mean for even even where you know it's interesting because you see where you start, you see the middle, and then you see currently where you are. Where you are is great, but I'm like, like man, the body of work is in the first 40 years. You know what I mean? Like the body of work isn't now. The body of work was, you know, when you, when you were born and then what you, what you went through your journey and then your journey out of it, your journey to establishment to where you are, the body of work like that to me is the summary. Like those are the three biggest paragraphs of the book, you know, and some people read the first page and last pages of books. Right. But the truth is, is a lot of nuggets are in the middle. Right, but you have to do the work to actually get there. But you also have to be patient or show the effort to to try to get to know it. Right, I put in a, a great deal of effort trying to 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 kind of you know take the axe out on you a little bit. Right, and it, it's it's chipped off. Right, and I have my own summary on you. You know, and I think I'm very accurate. I think I I think I can see through you at like a laser focus. And I and I've felt that way since day one. And I think I it's even you. better now. Yeah, it's even better <laughs> now. <laughs> and at the end of the day, I don't think your life would ever be. Uh, as good as it could be unless you unless you know me that's the facts but I'm also going to be the person that annoys you right that's that's the cost of knowing me you're like oh god right he's always asking these questions or you know and and there could be some annoyance there but I don't think it's a bad annoyance I don't say annoyance from like a bad place I'm just that's that's me that's that's who I am because everything else is irrelevant the flash and dash I love it I think it's great I think there's a time and place for it but at the end of the day that won't sustain, right? Because to oh. me, I'm very centered on like That's your mom. Boring. No, no, no. You but get, you have but enough it's, of it, it's, and you're just like it's done now, right? Yeah, but it's centered on like your mom's sick. That to me okay. is like that's meat. That's meat and potatoes. That's that's substantial. That's huge. That's that's un. Well, that's unwavering. the stuff that changes you, right? Correct. Like, those are the experiences that change you as a human, and they're supposed to, right? Mm. Like. You know, you asked me to change my perspective. Absolutely. Have I become more emotional? Yeah, of course. Of course, because at the end of the day, it's always on my mind, right? Yeah. Like there's a, there's a sadness that I didn't ever allow myself to feel, right? Mm. For good reason. You know, most of what I do for work. If you ever cry in front of me though, we're going to be so tight. I need to tell you that. If you ever cry in front of me, yeah, like we're just, we're going to be, we're going to be the best. There's something very sadistic about a man who just wants to make a woman cry. I don't understand it. Don't say it like, don't say, don't say it like that. Don't say it like that. Don't say it like that. You know, I just wish you would cry in front of me. It's sadistic. That sounds abusive. That sounds abusive. I am not an abusive person. Okay. That's abusive. It's not nice. No, no. I, no, I'm not like, I want to wake up and make you cry. That's that, that don't be around that kind of person. No, 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 that that's terrible. I'm saying it from a place of just, it's, it's, you know, you know, you're, you're comfortable with somebody when there's that level of vulnerability that can be shown. And to me, that doesn't happen overnight. It could take it could take tons of time to have that happen. But for me, it's like <clears throat> it's like when you go over to somebody's house, right? Italian person or something. If you burp at the meal, they're like, "Man, grazie!" They love it, right? It's like, "Fuck, it's great." You burped after your meal. This is a sign of a good meal. When somebody comes on my show, 
and they cry. Oh, like Montel Jordan, this is how we do. He cried. I was just like, yo, you he gave me the high show. Yeah, you gave me the highest yeah. res- you gave me the highest respect you could ever give. When somebody can feel that deep with like a stranger, so vulnerable that they can cry. I mean, what what more can you get from that person? There's nothing more. Like you're you're in. You're locked and loaded, right? We were talking about the two fatherless fathers because he didn't have a dad. I didn't have a dad. So we were talking right. about this and he was talking about how his his kid comes home, his son kisses him on the cheek. And he's like, and Montel Jordan, he's tall. He's like six foot eight and his son's like six foot five. So he's like, imagine oh your 18 year old giant kid coming in kissing you on the cheek. He's like, it just, right. it just, he's like even thinking about it. And he actually was like, he started wavering his face. I couldn't put like, I was like, He's, I was like, are you kind of crying, Montel? He's like, yeah, it's getting, it's getting kind of real right now, you know? And then I'm like, and then out of nowhere, he's like, this is how we do it. <laughs> right? So, 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 no, because I'm like, well, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? I only want a handful of true people. I have zero. I'm going to get to the masses by what I do. My body of work will get to the masses. Not worried about that. But in my core group... There's only going to be a certain amount of people, right? And they're going to decide whether they want to be there. Not me. They'll show up, right? That's why people are like, how are you so confident? I'm like, well, if they want to show up, they'll show up. If they don't, they don't. They filter themselves out, right? So for you, legacy. So you don't want kids. <clears throat> um, For basically, it is me, 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 me. You're, you you're, you're, you want the selfish me, way me, of, me, of being me. able to move. I think, I think that I do a lot that has nothing to do with me, me, me. So I think I, if you, no, 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 no. Don't take it there. Fair. You're escaping. No, don't do that. No, no, no. That's I know fair, the though. work you're doing. No, no, no. I know the work you're doing, though, on that okay. side. I'm just simply saying, though, for kids, meaning in your life, your personal no, life, your movements. It doesn't start with, oh, I, I, you know, I want a kid, but it'll interfere with my travel schedule. No, it's, <laughs> I don't fucking want a kid. Like, yeah. I don't know how, to, how else to say it. You know, there's things in life that I just don't want. And I don't want to fucking play golf. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to oh. play golf. Golf doesn't interest me. Curling yeah. doesn't interest me. I don't really like to bowl. I don't want to go bowling. You ask me to go bowling and be like, I'm not going bowling. I don't want to bowl. So in the same vein that I don't want to do certain things, one of those things is I don't want to give birth and I don't want to raise a child and I don't want to have a child. I don't like babies and I don't want babies. And that sounds really harsh, but that's the premise, right? And so I just don't want it. If I wanted it, I would certainly have a child um, the same way that as I've wanted anything else in life, I find a way to make it work and achieve it. So there's plenty of career women who juggle a, a successful career in children. There's plenty of women do you who think are- they can, Do you think they can do both, Jordana? That's a great question. Do you think you can- I do. Can be a powerhouse, at, um, a powerhouse mom or parent and a powerhouse, you know, business owner? I do, I do. I see it with my cousin. My cousin is certainly a powerhouse, but she doesn't do it alone. She's got a husband that helps mm. raise the kids. She's got parents who help drive the kids where they need to be. You know, mm. the kids grew up with a nanny at home. The kids grew mm. up like- there needs to be other provisions in place in order to be successful, right? Mm. And you have to recognize, and I see her struggle sometimes because she's like, you know, fuck, I got to prepare this jury address for my closing tomorrow. I don't have time to get to parent-student interviews, mm. you know? So, so she often has that struggle 
um, for the limited amount of time that we are each given every day, mm. right? But can it be done? Sure, they're phenomenal, healthy, amazing children, and she has a fantastic career. So, you know, she's the closest example in my life, but there are many other women who can figure out a way to juggle both mm. if they want to. Mm. And that's where it has to start. You have to have that desire to want to in mm. order to do so. And for me, I never wanted a child to mm. think that I should juggle the other things in life that I want against the time that it takes <laughs> to properly raise a kid. It's just, you know, I baited, and I know I baited, I, I baited you on that because, man, you gave me the best soundbite. I don't want fucking kids. That's going to be the first two two seconds. Go yeah, ahead. Meet, 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 meet I've, I've never made bones about it. And you and I'm I have talked to, about this because you're the, such a proud dad. Yeah, but I, but I don't put my, my own onus or my own perspective or feeling on that because my reasons are different on somebody else that isn't. Uh, doesn't want kids. I mean, I'm very good at, that's where I'm emotional, but I'm emotionally objective because for me, I'm like, well, no, that for me, that does matter. That's everything for me. But that doesn't mean, because it's for me, it's for you or for them or for the next person, right? So I, I like right. to try to understand it from both sides of the aisle kind of thing, right? So I'm like, okay. But yeah, for me, for me, it's everything. I just feel that it's, and it's not, it has nothing to do with kids, but I think it's more the emotional aspect of everything. Because when I met you, you're very, you know, turned off and and okay gotta go 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 but then i'm like i don't know i just didn't i never bought that side of you it just didn't make sense to me because i'm like how could you get along with somebody like me who's so on the other end of the spectrum oh my um, god yeah right emotion yeah emotion yeah. but then you always but then you always go go to that right so you and you pull it out and you've said multiple times you're like man you have the ability like you you know you do acts but you do get places you do you do chip away and you're able to to get certain things from me, which is huge. And you're like, I can't say that for everybody in my life. You said that out of your own mouth, right? You no, no, it's true. A hundred percent. I've said it to you <laughs> a lot. You know, when we first started talking, you're like, I can't get anywhere. I'm like, cause I don't even know you, right? Like mm. you, we met over Instagram, uh, <laughs> right? Yeah, we yeah, contacted, yeah. you know, I guess I came up on your timeline the first time, the second time, by the third time, you're like, all right, who is this chick? You know, it's, reached a, it's out. a serial killer. It was the Bruce MacArthur thing that you did the yeah. commentary on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. How many That's years? Right. How many years ago is that now? The wow. Bruce Mac when you went on to CBC there, do you know, like two, Probably three years? Four, four years. Four? Is it that long? That's not, no, it's not that long. Not that long. No, it's that has maybe to be what three, three? maybe three. Maybe anyway, three? anyway. So no, but. But that, yeah, so that that's always been kind of, I'm like, I don't, I don't understand that. So I, th and I think I kind of approach it then. I'm like, well, what can I learn from that? Like, what can I learn from, from that ability? So either she's, is emotional to a degree or, or not. Like maybe it's not black and white, you know what I mean? Cut, I don't think it's that cut and dry. And we've talked about this before. I, I just have this uncanny ability to compartmentalize. So it's not that I'm not emotional. It's that I know mm. how to put it in a, box and and leave it there and i don't have to bring it out with me and everything i do it's mm. why i can have the practice i can it's why i can juggle you know 10 to 12 murder files at a time because i don't i don't feel them i don't absorb and it. then i and then i met you in person and i and i thought you're so warm like that's yeah. that I, and i agree with the statement though too where you're like you know i'm a lot better in person than i am on the phone because yeah. as soon as i met you in person i was like oh god you know you're, i know you're this this little five foot person running around with black socks on and um you know <laughs> of all things to remember is my socks like i had a full outfit right no, like i didn't no. enter the door 
No, no, but it's, I think I always remember the socks because it felt like, you know, when somebody is like very anti-sock, like, like they, they hate socks. They never wear socks. Those were the kind of socks that somebody puts on when they never wear socks. So it's like, oh, wait a sec. Do I have an extra set of socks? Because you're somebody that doesn't seem like you'd wear socks normally. Right? It's the truth, it's right? It's the your truth. Your obsession is honestly the funniest thing to me. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to God, if any of your listeners don't know that you're obsessed with feet and socks, obsessed. they need to Obsessed. I am. I am. I know. Like next level obsession. I know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And you're not obsessed with anything though. You don't have any quirk like that, eh? Like not like just in general, like something where you're like, I'm just nuts about like you if, if it passes you you're like I, I i cannot not see it like is there anything where you're like i'm just a nutcase about i don't care if it's wall trim or or glass or 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 just the way your meat is cooked like something that you're just like like i could actually be an asshole over this like i i, I even if the person's nice you're like i know it's nothing they did but it's all about me like for me i admit my foot issue has nothing to do with about anybody else <laughs> it is my selfish yeah. oh, yeah. judgmentalness yeah. all me yeah. but it matters it does matter yeah, does you look, matter. listen those vose nails or, or chimichang nails or whatever the hell nail shop bantai whatever like these they, this is like a zillion dollar industry people are getting oh, tattoos know. on their feet normally my nails are like <clears throat> perfect but we're in toronto and we have been completely locked down there hasn't been a nail salon open in five months but in your lifetime spend when you're yeah. 70 and you say how much did i spend on getting money i mean this is going to be oh, a I, lot of money absolutely right absolutely. with tip weekly. this is weekly. an investment yeah like you're know, actually weekly. investing into this yeah. this is an investment yeah. right so that's my thing so you don't have anything like that no, no session I mean, eh? Generally, I'm for myself. I make sure that my nails are done for but myself. Not you, but, but obsessed over what other people. No, I, I mean Nothing. bad tattoos will drive me crazy. Bad What's a bad tattoo? Too. A Canadian flag? No, no, just like poorly done or like poorly situated. You know, yeah, you see those yeah. women and you're like, why did you put that there? What were you thinking? You know, you like, know what my that? beef is. When I see a dude that has one tattoo, because I don't know why it is, I've seen it so much, it's one Canadian flag on their calf, but on the exterior of their calf and in, right in the middle, like smack in the middle, just one tattoo. Yeah. And just, oh, it, that has always bothered me. And at some point they shaved their legs because they wanted to show the tattoo so you can, show, you can see the hair growth is a little fucked up coming back. <laughs> You know it's true. Like, it you, is. I, I'm it like, is. listen to your mother. I listen to your motherfucker. I know you shaved your legs because that shit isn't even coming back properly. <laughs> <laughs> it's all patchy. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Bad tattoos. There's yeah. Tattoos. So, yeah. so no. So legacy. So, so kids, you, you just don't want them. So, so then what is the legacy? So, it's your body of work. It's the 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 work you do with youth and the time you donate and the expertise you donate, which is huge. So, but family wise for you, you're just gonna write your check at, to your will and you're, it's just gonna go to an estate or it's gonna go to a charity. Or maybe the better question is, is there something up your sleeve where you say, no, no, this is gonna go into something that will live, which you're already doing through your scholarships. 
it's going to go into something. I'm creating a foundation. It's, it's funny that you brought that up. I am. I of course. I'm, I've already looked into it. So I just switched to a, uh, I just switched all my investments with a, with a company that's going to help with a wealth planner as well. And they have a whole division for philanthropy. And mm. I had a meeting with uh, one of their members just to understand like the way these things work, because I didn't, you know, grow up in a family where there's foundations and, and, you know, scholarship funds. So everything I'm doing, I have to learn about along the way. So Good. I now have two scholarships. I'm not sure if you knew that I have one I at Osgood. And I have another at Ryerson University. So both are called uh, Versus All Odds. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do the same. I want to set up a foundation where I really take the same concept as my two scholarships, but I want to expand it uh, so that it's not just limited to those particular schools um, and where I'm helping, you know, people that are in transition and need money for school education program, training programs, you know, things that will help with that transition into a professional world. So, um, you know, you need like a significant amount of money in order to start these. So that's mm -hmm. what I'm building towards now. So and when does the when, when does the media, the Goldless Special Media Company take take into into fruition? We talked about this long time ago where you said, hey, I'm going to do a book. You know, I want to do I want to do some some media stuff or, you know, whether it's your own show or content or something like that. When is that when is that coming down? When, when are you going to push that out? So I think book, I think book first, since it's it's pretty much written. I have you know one chapter that I'm adding. I started to give it out to family and friends, which was huge for me because I mm -hmm. I didn't. I wrote it. I I would write for years and then I put it on the shelf for years, four or five years, and think like, no, I can't. You know, there was a lot of like internal struggle, and you know, the more successful I became in my law career, the more I was you know, scared. I didn't want to risk ruining it by talking about my past. It was like, the more I created distance, the more I felt like, no, I can't do this. And then, um, you know, I, I remembered a promise that I had made to myself when I was in law school, that if I became mm. successful as a lawyer, I wanted to be an example to other people that were struggling, thinking mm. that they could never have successful careers. And I wanted, mm. and in order to do that, it required me to be honest and it, it required me to actually, you know, speak out. And so that's really around the time that I did my TEDx talk when that launched, um, I thought that was it. I bombed my career. I had to figure something else. I was going to be a bartender. I didn't mm. know what I was going to do, but I thought there's no way <laughs> that I'll still be able to cut it as a lawyer with people knowing that I was, you know, this former like homeless high school dropout. Uh, and quite the opposite happened, as you know, uh, things really took off and um, it certainly hasn't dented my career and perhaps in a lot of ways advanced it. And so, you know, you and I have had that conversation a few times now about being authentic and, you know, how much that radiates. And I, I truly believe that. And so there's no way, there's no way you and I would jam. I'm telling you. I'm no, we wouldn't. Good, if you had I'm met this me. in such a good place. I'm saying it's because I just don't know. Like I still, even still to this day, I'm like, I don't know who the hell this person is, but I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's odd. I don't waste my time. I don't waste my time with people. I'm just very, I've always been that way. Takes a lot, you know. Even even from the trajectory when I met you on Instagram to now, I mean, most people like, you know, it just depends. It just depends. But you've you, you're kind of in a constant, but not a constant. It's it's very odd to me. You know, you kind of come on for a little bit and then you're done. In general, I'm saying in general, not the show. Just in general, then you disappear, then you reappear, and you think about so many things that that you don't say. So I always wonder, like, where does she put all that that energy? You know. Are you living your full self on purpose? Do you think you're doing that now on a scale of one to 10? 
I think I'm Talk walking to- up to it. I think that I've been be, be more- honest with Papa Holtz. Be honest. With yeah, Papa no, no, no. I've been more and more. It's funny, you know, when I get the because- axe, get the axe. <laughs> uh, it's you know, Friday. When I, when I think about my TEDx talk, it was it's a very sanitized version of what I experienced. But what a me, fucking felt- great word! What a great statement! <laughs> I have to I have to fucking write that shit down. It's a sanitized. Oh, you're a lawyer. You really yes. do make you really do make money on playing with words for a living. I love yes, it. I do. I do. I do. That's exactly <laughs> what I do. Sorry to interject. Um, it is. It's a sanitized version of what I experienced. You know, I don't refer to myself in any, like, I don't explain just how far down the ladder I sank. And I don't explain the struggle that it took to come out of that either. And, you know, part of it is because you only have 10 minutes. And really, I wanted the focus to be about teaching people to do more than just judge people by their titles. And so mm. I did want the message to be the focus and mm. not, you know, just my story. I wanted to explain that message through my story. Mm. So, you know, it did that and it was fine, but I've tiptoed around what words I wanted to use to refer to myself. And I still didn't want people to, you know, necessarily recognize just how bad things were. Mm. And so, you know, it's one thing to call yourself an addict. It's another thing to say that you're a fucking junkie, right? Like, mm. I think that, you know, the image that we have is just different and so I was so scared you know at even the addict coming out and that version of myself and then when I did and I was fine it's almost like I've been testing the waters you know over and over and and it's still not the complete story that I tell I still leave out mm. sections that I'm not you know necessarily comfortable with and so the book leaves out nothing the book is you know uh the Ryan Holt Show podcast is the show raw. where you where you're home. You can tell us anything here. You can tell us anything. This is where you can come give your testimony, your confession, <laughs> yes. whatever you want. To. I'm not an ordained priest, but I am a very good person. So you can like, tell you me anything. You are. You're a good person with a massive heart. I, I definitely would give you that any day. Um, so yeah, the book is everything. And so, you know, you're, you're right. I'm certainly inching towards it when I think back to my, you know, own journey in the last even three or four years. Yeah, it's been Mm. huge. It's been Mm. huge. I have, you know, made a lot of strides out of what I would say is that like personal closet, right? Mm. Where like nobody knew anything, anyone at all. It was like- You've told told me, you've told me some things that I won't mention because it's private to you, but you know, and I was, I I don't know if I was shocked, but I was, I think I just get more, I, I, I like when I know, I like being the vault, you know, I just, I feel like I can feel things in people too, you know? I think it's also a part of, you know, I think darkness kind of has to kind of come see darkness sometimes. I think there can be some safety in it. You know, if, if you met, even though our stories are very different, you know, we, we both know pain, right? right? And I think when you can connect on that, you, you know, it's very hard for me to truly connect with somebody that like, okay, you know, bubble gum, my life has been bubble gum. Like, I just, right. I don't know what that, like, my whole like motivation in life is from like pain, you know, but really, and my blessing and my thankfulness of it is understanding that that pain was a little bit of a blessing. Cause I feel like today in today's world, like how could you put up like somebody who's literally created something from scratch and has that just like that pit bull mentality and work ethic. How can you throw that up against the poodle? 
Right. Like how, like, I'm sorry. Like it, you're just, you're, that poodle's going to have to step out of their element and almost pretend they're something they're not. Cause they're going up against somebody that's, they're hungry. They're, they're, these guys are, you know, they're not messing around. This is, there's levels to the game, I guess is what I'm saying. Right. And for me, and I'm sure for you, you realize I'm at this level. How do I get to that level? And I told you when you rise up 20, you're in the bottom 80. Right. You remember me saying that a long time ago. Oh, you say that all the time. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Constantly. It is. But I think pain pain can either make someone or break someone. And yes. it's really true. I know people who have experienced pain and they cannot dig their way out of it. They are stuck. They see it as a burden, baggage, mm. depression, mm. anxiety, can't leave the house. They just cannot move from it. And then there's people like you and I who have experienced that pain and it's our motivating factor, right? Mm. It's like, I don't ever wanna go down to that bottom again. In fact, I wanna prove to the world just how far from that I can take myself Mm. and how much joy I can experience and how much pleasure I can experience and how much I can teach other people to come out of that, right? Because I think if we're not giving back and using that knowledge and experience to help others, it's really a waste. You know, that's what I think. It's one it's thing so, to dig myself out, but I want to help other people, you know, to dig themselves out too, or at least be an example. I mean, that's why you talk about how hard it was to get over, you know, the death of your mom at such a young age and, and all the struggles that you made. Like, mm. nobody cares about that. Still not over it. I'm not over it. I'm no, still not over it. I never, I never will be. I never, no. you don't, you don't get over it. You learn how to live with it. There's a big difference there, right? And that, I think for me, I spent so many years trying to get over it and i'm like you're putting an unreasonable expectation bro like you're never gonna get over that like and then i think once i'm gonna get over this do you know what i mean like you're not gonna get over this i think that to me is when that really took place and that's why you know even nora's dad passed away you know i've had friends people people always come to me when they're parents because they're like man i just never could imagine the pains because they're like man i just never could imagine the pain feeling toward them is uh you know you're like this is this is life changing it's something you're gonna always just deal with and there's no getting over it it's, you're gonna use it but you know a lot of people do use it for feel and they use it to, to give the the you know i mean i work for my mom you know i'm still working for my mom i'm working in my mom's name right now you know that's why i heard i got a picture on my wall that's her when she was a little girl you know, that to me drives the shit out of me. I'm like, my mom's yeah. looking over me right now. Every single interview I do, <clears throat> I brought it up with almost every interviewer. I'm like, meet my mom. That's my mom. Right? And people are taken back by that. They're like, what? You know? And, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, that, that's the truth. So that is my motivation. And when it happens to people all the time, I just I always say, I'm like, well, there's nothing I can say or do. The only thing I can do is give you a hug. That's it. It's true. And you know, I, I just, I'm going to bring that conversation back to legacy. You are your mom's legacy. And, yeah. and that's, you know, I, I look at, I'm my mom's legacy. My mom, you know, I am her only legacy. What my mom is leaving behind in this world is me and only yeah. me. And, you know, quite frankly, I need to honor that. I need to honor her by just showing how far I can get. Well, and, and, and do you feel you're doing that in general? Yes. Right? So that's a, and that's a great feeling, right? Would you say? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know what happened with your mic. You're like... Oh, did it go, Sorry. Is it going okay. off? Yeah, there's, the, there's a little bit of feedback. 
Hold on here. Sure. Let me make sure I got this one right. So my AirPods died. <laughs> Select microphone. Oh. You're so unprepared for this interview, Ryan. <laughs> oh, that should be good. There you go. Now you can. Now you can yeah, now you're back. No, I'm go. no, I'm not. I'm not. I, I use AirPods sometimes, but I think the kicker on them is. I'm just dying. kidding because you gave me shit when my computer told no, me my battery was running this is low. Good. No, so no, I had to be able to point out that sometimes these technical issues are not about a, a matter of unpreparedness. It's no, it's it's the recording in the in the Zoom world. You know, at yeah. this point, I was I was planning for the show to. You know, when you asked me this episode 100, my plan was I wanted to start doing them more in person. Right. So I was gearing up for that where I was going to hop on some planes and then all of a sudden this COVID stuff hit and it's like, <laughs> now everybody loves the the digital format. And I mean, I don't know, like the Zoom and stuff, and I still think there's a lot of weight to doing per, uh, interviews in person, but the world is becoming more and more climatized on seeing these Zoom things. Like even on YouTube, back in the day, if you put one of these Zoom ones on, people weren't a big fan of them. And now that's all the videos you see going on to, to YouTube is Zoom calls and, you know, side by sides, right? I mean, you seen that judge that, or was it the judge or the lawyer that was in that one Zoom and was wearing some cat? sort of funny feet? Yeah, the cat face or something, right? Yeah, yeah the cat filter. <laughs> the poor cat, guy. Yeah. Nobody could stop talking about it, this poor yeah. guy. <laughs> but that's somehow, that's hell of an advertising for him. Yeah, 100%. Right. 100%. So, so no. So going back to legacy thing for you, I mean, so no kids, you, you want to do foundation. Um, but where is the, are you living your full self on purpose right now? Yes. No. You think so? Like without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's elements that, you know, I'll continue to expand on over, over the years. Um, you know, I think that there's details of, of my past that I most certainly have left out and will mm. leave out for a minute. Um, but yeah, I think that I'm certainly living more authentically now than I ever have been mm. and am more and more comfortable talking about my past and more and more comfortable mm. sharing. You know, I don't care so much of my clients here. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to use it in a way that is helping others more and more, which is exactly what I always wanted. So I, I definitely do think that I'm living authentically and I'm definitely living my real self and I'm doing so on purpose. You know, I, I don't make bones about it anymore. I used to think that like, if for example, like different, you know, uh, law organizations or, or associations wanted to interview me on my career, I wouldn't mm. mention anything about my past, but it's such an integral part of who I am, even though I'm not, Huge. I'm not in any way still living in it. But, you know, when people ask about like inspiration to becoming a lawyer and, you know, obstacles I had to overcome, mm. it used to be like, oh, my obstacles are that, you know, my family is a bunch of lawyers and I didn't have connections. Like, mm. those aren't really obstacles. Like, the obstacles for me were I, you know, need to like not smoke crack, right? Mm. Like, <laughs> at the end of the day, yeah. right? Yeah, and yeah. I'm going to be honest about that, right? Like, you know, I, I used to be so frightened for anybody to understand what I had to overcome, but that's the shit that's real, right? Those were the real struggles that I had to go through. And even coming on this show, you know, if you look at my Instagram page, like there's nothing about what I've had to go through in this last year with my mom. Like I've yeah. kept that very separate and, you know, not for and me, you, I just, I didn't bring it up. And, and so you disconnect you away. 
Pardon? Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. But when you and I were talking about a show, and you know, we were talking about legacy when we when we reconnected last month or whatever, and I thought, you know what? What a great way to honor my mom and be mm. honest about the struggle because a lot of people right now are struggling with their own issues that they're not talking about, and if we're not prepared to like discuss these things honestly, then I mm. think that you know we do a disservice. So no, I do think that I am living like the real truth and really yeah because you can't you can't always show rainbows though right like you can't you can't always show rainbows you you disconnect you disconnect though when when you you run into your your hole your emotional hole when things really hit the fan right and you said that you're like well you know my focus is my mom and and that's that right so i i view that as a defense mechanism um not not maybe not defense mechanism more so i think of, it's a coping mechanism uh, yeah coping coping that was right i think it's, coping a, I know, it's absolutely a coping mechanism it's like <clears> you know what i can't deal with this i need to figure out a way to still like get out of bed every day and run a law firm and defend people and represent people and mentor youth in a positive fashion so i have to like pull that energy out myself in order to make sure that like i'm helping people so in order to function, I have to be able to close off certain things and figure out a way to cope with it and process it. Once I've done that, then I can be open about it. And then I can, you know, be real about it. Yeah. But then you cut, you know, you, you talk so much about giving so much, you know, respect to your past and past relationships. You know, you've talked about it too, where you said, you know, I got relationships that are, you know, basically are running on the merit of, they were really cool to me in the past, but maybe you know maybe sucking air or maybe not pouring into your glass in the present but i mean if you have people wanting to pour in your cup i mean coping is true you know you don't want you know people coming in and being hey you know how can i help you and sometimes it's annoying that part is sometimes more annoying than anything but i, I don't know i don't know if you should run away or to cope you know i'm, I'm i don't but, think it's running it's not it's kind of coming i'm coming i'm coming at you on this i'm not running towards right like i you know I do a lot of you can't, thinking Jordana, and processing, you right? Can't, like you can't put love behind you though. Like that you can't put love behind you. It's behind you right now. I know. <laughs> I'm just I knew you were gonna say that and I was like, how do I answer this in a way that doesn't make me sound like a complete fucking asshole? <laughs> because I know he's looking at the left side, he's gonna make this comparison. Um, I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing I know with you. you are. No, no, no. You're so, funny. We have to keep it light. It just can't be all. No, because no, but this is the whole thing, right? Even the disconnect. Like for me, if I if I'm gonna if I have to connect or I have to connect on business, or 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 personal, you know, the thing for me where I've grown a lot and I've matured in the last probably like five years is just really dialing in on Ryan. It you have to like go into that that connection, that feeling. Because for me, I think it's growth, you know, and I and I think I spent many years, even though upfront I'm not emotionally unavailable, I am very guarded. And I've always been really? very guarded. <clears throat> yeah. Today? Very guarded. Today? Very gu- oh yeah, I'm very guarded. No. Oh, wow. and, uh, absolutely. No, absolutely. No, because you Maybe it's just the nature of our friendship, but I've never Well, and maybe you take I've it for granted. Before. You might take it for granted though. Maybe that's the point, right? Because if you had boots on the ground and you were a part of my, you know, Monday to Friday and you lived locally and, and we're like, Hey, Jordan, let's go out for, you know, some lunch or some dinners and all that. You would really see like 
oh, this guy is very, very circled in, in who he associates with on a personal level. On oh, a but prof- that's different from guarded. I think of guarded as like, I'm going to keep you out. You know, we can have like a friendly bullshit. Like, oh, yeah. No, no. I'm very much that way. Very much that way. But you really? put very much yeah, that way. I don't think we've ever had a superficial conversation. So I guess I don't see that side of you. Like we never, we never have a five minute. Hey, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Life is good. I'm happy. Kids are healthy. Okay, this good. is my Bye. point. This is my point, right? So that's why I've always said, well, what is it about this this person that I'm compelled to to talk and and be that way with and don't really know, right? So I go on energy. I think it's very important. I don't think that's the part you've ever understood when I say it, or maybe you're not listening when I say it, because it, you're, I think you're treating yourself like you're the masses. We're like, oh, you know, I met Ryan and met him on Instagram. And I'm like, no, you know, even when I went to Toronto, I said, man, 50% of the trip is, is I really want to meet you. And I do. And I've really catered a lot of my trip to, to, to doing that because for me, I thought <clears throat> I want to see what this person is like, you know, in person. Cause I'm like, yeah, you know, the digital thing is great, but I'm like, I don't know what this person's like. Right. It was a lot of fun. We like talk for eight hours, like eight, (laughs) ten hours. I don't know. We just like didn't stop talking. It was crazy. (laughs) No, so so that's what I've always said. But I don't know if you're like, do you register when I say that? Are you computing that properly, or are you just putting it into a different drawer? Like I'm not you. I don't know. I guess I just think. Or you sanitize it. I think that. You love that word now. You're it's gonna feel gr- that word. I'm gonna it's a good totally. Word. Uh, it's I know. A, it's, a it's such word. a. It's such a politely direct. Like <laughs> no, it's a very cordial way of saying something like that. Maybe is not so cordial. I don't know. Right. It's a good one. Okay. Good. Um, no, I think that because you've never seemed guarded with me, that I just assumed that was you. Do you know what I mean? Like I just assumed you're not guarded. You're open with the people that you talk to. Um, you're very expressive. You're very much in tune with your emotions and you mm. express them. Mm. And not only do you express them so freely, and I, I, again, you express them so freely with me, so I assume that's just sort of how you are. Mm. Um, but you also demand that from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I assume that you have the same demands on other people that you speak to, to be that emotional. No, I don't have And t- I am I don't, not. Like, that's why know. you need a fucking axe and a pick and, mm. you know, a flashlight to get at that side of me. And no, I, I don't have time. time. I don't have time for that. Like, I, I don't have time to put in that kind of effort and work. So... Up front, even if I have a guest on or I talk or client or whatever, I'm very confident enough to be emotional in the sense that I'm not a robot. So I will I will be very upfront about how I feel about something or something in my past. Here's the guardedness kicks in for me here though. And guarded is maybe kind of, I don't know, it kind of seems like a childish word to me, but it's okay. So we had the conversation. Where does the relationship go after that? And that's where I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, I'm not going to get on a text message level with you like we're not gonna you know if we're because if you're gonna take it there i'm like well that to me is on more the personal side of things you know to a degree unless we're texting for business and it's purely a professional relationship but it's if i'm gonna invest or i'm gonna you know say hey like sorry to hear about your mom or but then there's well no like tell me more about your mom tell me how you feel you know, I talked to your mom, you know, I talked to her on LinkedIn. I talked to her on the phone when I was at your place. To me, those are signs of like, well, no, I'm investing in more than just, hey, 
you know, it's Jordana. So for me, yeah, I know very guarded, very guarded. And most people, <clears throat> I don't have that kind of time to pull out or extract from. I know I'm good at it. I know I'm good at it. But past the interview, well, no. Right. And some people, yeah, of course you maintain, you, you connect with, and there's this energy. I'm very much on the energy basis. Right. But you know, for the majority, I mean, you can meet a hundred people. You're lucky if you have one in-depth conversation. That is, a, that is, that is, that is something of what you weren't even like, that is outside of the reason you were talking to them in the first place. Right. right. So that's that. Yeah. That's I've always struggled with like networking events and you know meet and greets i hate that shit i'm a shitty small i don't do small talk i could care less i don't waste time yeah Yeah, i don't waste time and i'll always be it yeah networking is for me most people when they're networking you're not working motherfucker you know you're not working networking hey here's my card here's my hair card here's my card here's my card no man put out some good fucking work get it it out there distribute it people are like well who's that and then they're gonna come back and say well what do you do you know Of course, on online, make it very easy. Here's what I do. Boom, 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 boom. But people aren't dumb. They they know how to find you. They know where to, to seek that out. So no, it's the it's the quality. That's what I'm looking for is the quality. For me, I see you as somebody though, you have you have medium quality with with a few people and maybe high quality with very few people. Oh yeah, very, very few. Right? Yeah. So how do you base that? So for you, what does that mean for you? Like, how do you, cause you, you don't have the time either. Like, how are you, how are you, how are you managing? I always say like, I'm a, I'm a professional energy distribution management consultant, meaning I'm very good at where I want to put my, <laughs> meaning I'm very, I'm very good at where I want to put my energy. And Me when too. I say that, yeah. I don't waste, I don't waste a lot of time or energy. I just don't, I know who, for me, it's all about reciprocal, right? So mm. I know that there are people that just, want to take my energy and they don't have any to give back and they're not doing anything with their lives that can help you know further me and me further them right like there's a reciprocity there um that i think is essential so i want to sit down with someone and be like hey what are you up to and get inspired by what they're doing Mm. and maybe i can Mm. help throw some ideas on the table and i want to tell them what i'm doing and i want the same right don't just be like oh my god that's so amazing Fucking hate that. Mm. I don't need you to tell me that what I'm doing is amazing or phenomenal. I know it is. I want someone that can help, you know, either guide me or suggest another place that I can, you know, reach out to, to do workshops or, you know, participate in. I want to be around people who can help, you know, me get to the next level and mm-hmm. me get them to their next level, even if we're not in the same field. Right. Like I don't. That's usually the best. That's usually the best ones. That's the best. Yeah. Like I I don't, you don't want to, you you, you want, you want other ideas. The best ideas come from out of industry. It's innovation, right? Totally. And you know, I, I get how to do this thing in law, right? Like I get it now. I've been at it for 12 years. I know what I'm doing. I'm like, you you know, I'm I'm not that I'm not always learning. I am because the law changes, whatever, but like, I get it. I don't need help with that. What I want is, you know, to meet people that are doing investment and business and philanthropy. Mm. And, you know, maybe they're part of different organizations that are helping. And I've, I've reached out to a few in the last, you know, six months or so. Um, there's a lot of people that are helping people right now. Different community-based organizations. Of course. Of course. There are people that are seriously suffering. Like, I don't know um, how you guys are at West. I hear much better than, than the way that 
our politicians are dealing with us here in Ontario, especially Toronto. Like brutal, yeah. They're you... inventing a third wave, and they've locked, they've kept us locked down, and you know, industry is suffering. Like it's yeah. people's mental health is on the decline, and so there's yeah. a lot of community organizations that are trying to reach out to young people, and so those are the people that I want to network with. Like, mm. how can I help? Right? Mm. What can we do together? What are you What are you doing that I can assist with? Mm. So, you know, I, I don't spend my time just wanting to hang out and talk about like what someone's watching on Netflix. You start no. talking to me about television, I'm out. I can't. <clears throat> yeah. No, 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 no. It's it's all good. I mean, I, I mean I, I, I think you have to always say what you want, you know, and you have to be very clear on on what your goals are. With with me and people, people's a big thing because I feel like people can be the, the biggest assets or the biggest debts to your life. Right, totally. you get around the wrong people, your life is done. It's over. Your your energy, like people, literally can kill you without touching you. They can just fucking take everything from you. And I'm I I love people. Like I'm a humanitarian through and through. I, I'm all about the underdog. Uh, but I'm I'm a ferocious beast when it comes to people who don't carry their own weight or are trying to take out of my glass and not pour back into it. It's not tit for tat because I already do lots of charity work. I give back in so many different ways, no, but if it's a if it's a mutual um, relationship, yeah, the expectation is like, yo, man, you better hold your weight, or the, what's the what are we doing here? This is this is pointless for me. That's it. That's it. So, anyways, uh, what would you say as our last little question here to a woman specifically, and I'm I'm talking to a woman because you're a woman, uh, it who says, oh, man, you know, I really. Prior to having kids, I really, I, I really want to focus on my career. You know, I don't know if I want to have kids. You know, I don't know, you know, like think about the title, you know, just because I'm a female means I, I might not want to be a mom. You know, I'm really focused on my career. What are some tips you could give to that, that girl, that lady who says, geez, I'm on the fence. Like what are some indicators you think she could look out for to kind of help her sway to one way or the other because you're very clear on hey i don't want kids but you're also clear on like what having kids would mean too so right. you, you know the perspective of it right so what, what's your tips i think you have to be true to yourself i think you have to sit down and recognize what you truly want and i don't think that you have to choose between a career and and motherhood so i think that's a fallacy and it, you know if i met a woman today that says that i want to be a career woman but i also want to be a mother okay go to both Right? Yeah. Like, go do both. You'll find a way. So if what you want is to have a mother, uh, to be a mother, most certainly pursue it. But if you sit down and you reflect on your life and you don't actually want a child, like, you know, 100%, you see a baby and you're not running over to play with it. And someone shows you <laughs> pictures of your kid. The fact you that can... you say the word it, you don't play with it. Like, oh, my God. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. Him or her. Yeah. Or them, just um, say right. them. Him, them. Sure. Don't sanitize it too much, okay? Don't sanitize <laughs> it too much. <laughs> you know, you you just have to stay true to yourself in everything you do. And I think that having children is another, it's a choice. It's mm. been a choice for women for a long time and it needs to continue being a choice. So we have the decision to make, and it's a huge life-changing decision. You have, you make that decision and you know, sort of stuck with it. I mean, yes, women are having kids much later and later, and that's something too. I have friends that are having children when they're 40. Mm. So they've started their career, they've had their careers, they love it, and they recognize, you know what? I really 
now feel the need to have a child mm. go for it mm. right i'm not you know i think that we as women are at a time where we can do what we want mm. and that's new yeah. right like when you think of the history of women yeah that's yeah. new yeah that we're at a place in life that we can do what we want when we want and not every woman in the world gets to experience that for so those of us who have those choices completely and absolutely we need to honor them that pisses me off that you even have to say that but it is the truth it's the reality it's true. It, it is true it is true it is it true is. yeah it is true you can't uh yeah i always say i don't like to give too much merit to the past but if you don't if you don't know the past you know, I think that's dangerous too, because, you know, you need to know where you, I guess, I guess you need to know, you need to know how bad it can be, you know, when you study the history books and it's also nice to know how far you've come, but then it also dictates how far you need to go. Right. So, you know, there's so much work to be done on all fronts there. No, I think that's great. Jordana, uh, is there anything else you'd like to uh, bestow upon our beautiful audience of uh, Ryan Ocho podcast listeners? The- I think we should all be leaving a legacy. You know, mm. part of this theme was legacy. And I think, you know, you asked me about what advice I would give for women what, in regards to motherhood and it's honor yourself, but leave a legacy no matter what, whether your legacy is having kids, whether it's mm. your career, whether mm. it's helping people, whether it's, you know, changing the world, quite frankly, whatever it is, leave a legacy. I think that one of the lessons I've learned this year is the importance of recognizing that our time here is limited but what we leave behind is not mm. and that to me is legacy mm. yeah it's it's beautiful you know it, it's it's so true and life works in very mysterious ways sometimes because i think about it i'm like ryan if you want to have impact because i feel like once you get out of your 20s <clears throat> you know for me i'm at such a great place in my life where you really can be very methodical. You have options. You're in a good spot. You're not doing things for survival anymore. You're doing things because you can do them. And I always ask myself the question, I said, Ryan, what avenue will you have the most impact on the world? And it's like, I own a marketing agency, but the reality is I'm not going to have as much impact by owning a marketing agency and doing marketing for companies and branding as I would by doing things like this, you know, and talking to people like you and having different perspectives and conversations and then using the marketing and branding to push it out, right? Because that's where the talent happens. Can you get people to listen to your shit, right? That's the toughest part of the show game, right? Of course. And my my goal is very clear. In the next three, you know, two years, two to three years, I mean, this will be, I'll be, I'll be top five show in the world. I I already know that. I've been saying that. I've been putting it out in the universe now. You know, I'm, I'm bringing on heavy hitters, but it's not about that. It's about, it's about, I'm answering the one question and the one question that only matters to people. What's in it for them? So every time I, you know, wax the mic, my whole goal is to answer the question. What's in it for them? What's in it for you? What are you going to benefit? How, what are you learning from this conversation today? What kind of motivation are you getting from it? What kind of inspiration are you, are you pulling any nuggets away? And then I'm wrapping that up into a sexy product, shipping it out and saying, you know, enjoy. So my legacy, I mean, I'm already doing it. You know, it's going to be there. And furthermore, I am a dad. It's going to be so cool. My kids, I mean, look how many episodes, you know, they get to go back and listen to their pops, you know, just chop it up, you know, and chop it up with some of the best, you know, and and that that to me is huge. Um, but yeah, I'm a business person through and through. I mean, I, that, that's always going to be number one. I'm, I'm a complete entrepreneur. And that that is the one thing that, but 
I'm kind of a humanitarian entrepreneur because I'm like, you know, how did how did you get to your success? And then how can we use that information to help other people get to theirs? And that's the difference. To me, that's like, there's like impact. And then you're like, oh, this person, you're a world leader, man. Like you created causes, you created, you shifted mindsets. Like imagine you can go in and you do this. You can go in and actually change somebody's mindset to say, I walked into this workshop today feeling like a complete loser. And I actually have a little bit of hope by the end. You ever think about it that way? That is what I do. That's what you do. Not, not, not trying to, you know, I don't, I don't take people that think that they're losers, but I, I take people that think that the world's going to judge them by, you know, a way that they were living or a lifestyle they had and teach them that, that it doesn't have to be that way. Mm. And then I teach people who have that mindset because it's just natural in society. You know, you see a street kid and you're like, oh, a loser, they're never going to amount to anything. And it's like, mm. no, no, that was me. That yeah. was me and now I own and run a law firm and mm. have, you know, really have changed the law in a lot of ways. And mm. so I want to be that example. And, and I think that I, that's exactly what I'm doing is that's the legacy I want to leave is being, is changing the way that people judge the world around them. How much do you value that you get to be a part of uh, my journey in this? Cause it, it's really, you know, when we go back into the history books of this five years from now, we go back to episode hundred we go back to, you're, you're one of my very first sponsors, you know, because I actually liked you. And I thought, oh my God, you know, she's, she might be cool. We could do this. What, what does that mean for you? Because you're part of a, a journey and people hear your name on this. This is evergreen content. People are still going back and downloading and listening to your very first episode you ever did to this. You go look on YouTube, there's like 10,000 views on one of the videos. That's just on YouTube, right? right? Let alone, you know, Spotify and in and, and and iTunes, I've had several messages. I get message, I get hit up by lawyers from all over saying, oh my God, you know, this, this Jordana, she's like, wow, this is, I don't think I've really quite <clears throat> heard a lawyer like her talk. Like this is very refreshing because I'm not like Betty Boop and I don't want to show up in my little, you know, button up shirt every day. Like that's not my character, but I do love law. Is there a way for me to put personality on law? And I'm like, well, go meet Jordana Golis. <laughs> she could she could help you out with that. I'm sure she got a lot of personality and ink, so I'm sure you'd be no, okay. Listen, I I love what you do, or I would not keep coming on the show, right? Mm. Like I've done a lot of podcasts. I've you know for a while. What there, makes a great one and a bad one, Jordana, from your experience as, as the interviewer? I've had horrible interviewers. I've had so, interviewers so, so, with no energy, no like. <laughs> they don't want to rock the boat. They don't want to ask difficult questions. They send me their questions in advance and that's their script where I think that they're just going to give me, you know, like their general themes so that I know what I'm being asked. You're the opposite. You're like, I'm not telling you, I'm going to tell you what the title of the show is. And then I'm going to ask you questions and we're going to have a conversation. And there's always a back and forth with you and I, where we'll go off on tangents for sure. Mm. We always come back. Uh, neither one of us just like stays on the surface, mm. right? You'll call me out, I'll call you out. Mm. But in a non, I don't ever feel like it's confrontational between us. I feel like oh. even if it gets argumentative, there's still such respect between mm. us that mm. I respect your view, even if I don't agree with it. You know, I feel mm. respected even when you don't agree with mm. mine. And I think that that's what provides the benefit to the listeners who hear us back and mm. forth is they get these different perspectives. They can think about things, mm. take away from it. And there's no right or wrong. 
you know i come from a different perspective than you and even though you know you talked about it earlier we're both coming from pain our life experiences are way different mm-hmm. you know we didn't experience life the same mm. and that's the beauty of what gives us the different perspectives and we're both so hungry for success and even though we've achieved so much we still have so much more that we want to achieve and mm. keep pushing I still and look. I, I still look at cocaine and think it's flour to this day, Jordana. I mean, I would even. I'd be like, what? I'd be like, well, officer, why are you pulling me over here? Like, I'm just trying to go bake some cookies here. Like, I don't get it. Anyways, but to, to go to your point. To go to your point. My point is, we don't speak to police. You give them my name. <laughs> yes, that's number. right. That's right. That's How dare question. you pull me over? How dare you? Yes, I have yes. nothing to say. You call yes. my lawyer. <laughs> See, you're so good. See, I already said too many damn words. I shouldn't that's have said it. anything. Yeah. You're already speaking to the police. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, shame on me. Street smart, no way, eh? Ryan, you're dumb. (laughs) No, no, but as you're saying, no, you're right. It's it is the banter back and forth. It's the um no, I I I don't think disagreeing with somebody is ever disrespectful. And we can do another show on this, but here's my here's where I'm 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 a little concerned about the world. Is this it is the cancel culture. It's, oh god. It's it's if I say the wrong thing, like one, you know, one wrong thing, like and of course there's stupid stuff you should never say and that's I'm so I'm just depending on people who are listening to this to use their common sense, but you know, why should I get penalized for disagreeing with you? Why can't you and I have like completely opposing arguments in a respectful manner without me blowing up and being like that's it, you're done, we're over, like this is garbage, you know, throw the thing and throw the computer away like I don't understand why people are so damn sensitive. You know, like everything is a thing now, if that makes sense. Like everything yeah. is a thing. Everyone is offended. And I don't yeah. understand what you're offended about. Don't be offended. Could you imagine if the people who banned Mr. Potato Head and Dr. Seuss put the same energy into trying to eradicate, you know, the child sex industry? Can you imagine how much better this world would be if the time and energy that was spent canceling these institutions in our society, Dr. Seuss, really? Come on. Yeah. Come on, the lessons that we learned through Dr. Seuss as a child are phenomenal. Mm. And so, you know, if we spent just half that time trying to teach people how to love each other and tried to eradicate the real evils in this world, uh, you could actually accomplish something, but you know, it's all fluff. It's all we're we're focusing people's attention on things that don't matter, and so everyone's ignoring the stuff that. Does. Why do we as people come up with these amazing stories to tell ourselves and to sell ourselves on, when we know what the real story is, and yet we don't want to face the real story? Like, why why do we do this as a global human race? Like. Even when what we see potentially is not what we see, there's a whole world that lives that is not the real world. Like there's some guy right now trying to fuck somebody over in a back door in a courthouse. There's somebody in prison right now that's literally trying to fuck somebody over in a back door where you don't want to know. There's people out there that are literally plotting and scheming to get in the way of your goals and dreams. And it all equates to they just don't want to really look at themselves and say, hey, my shit stinks too. Like, why do we do that? Like, why? how can we spend so much money, time, and energy on addressing a problem that isn't even the real problem? That's my, that's my question. 
It's such a big question. I mean, we could do a whole show on, you know, how. <laughs> I, know. North, I think that I think that North America is probably worse than other um, countries, like other continents. Quite mm. frankly, you know, when I think about this shit that we're so focused on and what we're ignoring, and you know, sort of the decay of culture uh, is just unbelievable. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a whole psychology behind it. I think that there's an element of disillusionment. I think that, you know, the there are elites in society that are just trying to ensure that the masses look the other way and follow mm, the herd and, mm, oh, look over there while mm, I, you know, change the whole system mm, over here. Mm, and then by the time you look back, it's too late to fix that system. And hashtag, man, stay everything. woke. Stay woke. Cover your six. Love is always behind you. It's always behind you. Right there. <laughs> right there. I love it. I'm like, good for her. She's getting in touch with her emotional side. About there we go. Time. 41 years there later. Hey, man, it's never too late to be great. You're great. That's true. You need to be emotional. So let's wrap this up. Uh, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this very amazing random conversation. But here's the deal. The deal is that... The best shows in the world, the best content in the world is very, very conversational. So um, I think there's lots of pull nuggets and pull quotes out of this. Uh, Jordana is is, uh, is a great person. It's always been uh, nice to to have her on the show and bestow her wisdom. We've done a lot of legal talk in the past. I'm sure we'll do some more in the future. There's lots of different avenues we can go with it. But uh, everybody, thanks so much for your support on the show. And remember, please drop a five-star uh, review and uh, this episode is sponsored by JHG Criminal Law. Hey, what's going on with your practice now, by the way? So, what, what can people look forward to at JHG Criminal Law? I know it's don't call it unless you got you know guns, drugs, and murder. And uh, such a slogan. It's such a slogan. Um, <laughs> it's more than a slogan, though. It's kind of it's kind of real life. I'm gonna call it real life. Oh my god. Or yeah, you've got it. We're, we're expanding. Uh, you know, my sister's been really hard at work. She's been doing some phenomenal work, actually. Uh, we have students starting, looking to hire a second associate. So we're getting bigger, branching out for sure, uh, which is, you know, fantastic. It allows me to do things like this and come mm. on your show and, and chat without worrying that, you know, clients aren't being looked after. Mm. So um, I'm just trying to free up some more time to drop more wisdom and and have experiences like this. So mm. thank you for having me back on. I have missed you. I know I disappeared mm. a little bit. It had nothing to do with not wanting to spend my time with you and, and your viewers, but you know, sometimes we have to prioritize where time is so limited and so precious in, in so many ways. So, uh, you know, that's what I've been up to, but I'm, I'm back and we'll be back again, I hope. And let's dedicate this episode to your mom. What's your mom's name, Jordana? Say um, her name, put some respect mom, on her name. My mom's name is Betty Edelist. Betty, Betty Edelist. Dedicate this to her and the legacy she leaves behind, which is which is me. She seems like trouble, though. You know, she the times I talked to her, she has a lot of energy. Seems like trouble. Oh she my seems god. Very, she's very mis- She's got this mischievousness and uh, mischievous energy about her. Absolutely. She seems nice. She seems nice, though. Please give her uh, our love. Nora says hi as well. Um, and our whole family. Our babies are growing. They're getting big. Oh my I God. I know. I see the videos on IG. Beautiful, big. beautiful. You and your beautiful family. One of these days, I'm going to make it out west and come and visit. Yeah, but you can't, you can't ever, you can't walk in our home and ever refer to our kids as it. Otherwise, you're going <laughs> to. I would never. Stop. <laughs> you're like, stop, who stop, is stop. that? I'm like, that is a name. Don't sanitize <laughs> my kids, please. Sanitize your hands. But don't sanitize my kids. 
Okay. Uh, everyone, thanks so much for listening. Uh, this has been uh, another episode of the Rhino Show podcast. Remember, curiosity should always be your mandate.